you guys, I am coming out of my shell. I've been honest with you guys about a couple things. One of those things being that I am trash at dirty talk. I get in my head, I overthink it, I have zero confidence, okay? But I'm working on it, and guess what? So I was fucking a sugar daddy on Saturday, and I totally said dirty talk that I have never said on my own (laughs) before, huh? So in the past, like, I have a little bit more confidence as far as talking dirty with sugar daddies because I feel like there's less stakes and less worried about what they think of me, I guess. And maybe I should, maybe that doesn't make any sense, but in my weird brain with this, I am more worried about what somebody who I like emotionally is going to think about me versus, like, sugar daddy. It's more of, like, a standardized thing, so if they don't like it, they can just tell me and we'll move on. But we're fucking, and instead of my go-tos that I'm comfortable with, asking questions or saying it feels good, like those are the only things I've ever really done before. This time, I used pussy in my vocabulary. Okay, this is a step for me. I am not a descriptive word, dirty talk kind of person, unless I'm being told what to say, basically. Okay. I, on my own, totally on my own, was like, oh, do you like that tight little pussy? (laughs) This is not a crazy thing to say. This is not shocking. This is not anything out of this (laughs) world. But I have never said that on my own before. Never. Maybe with Andrew, but I don't remember. And I'm a lot more out of my shell with him, just in general. So, this is a, this is a big step, you guys. And I want you to grow with me and be proud of me because I'm proud of myself. Okay, so how has finding a sugar daddy been going for me? It's been going really well, actually. I've got about three people right now that I'm talking to about an arrangement. And the one I saw on Saturday was fantastic, but he has kind of fallen off the grid a little bit and I got those vibes a while ago so I haven't been sure if it's gonna stick it still could but I don't have high hopes I've got two other people who are potentials and I'm working on them so I'm gonna have a much better update for you guys as far as how finding a new sugar daddy in a new city is going next week but right now we're gonna get into this amazing interview I had with somebody. Her name is Jenny and she has her own podcast called The Talk. It also has to do with sex, sex work, and just, you know, making sex better for everybody. It's amazing. Go check it out. But first, listen to this interview. It's fantastic. We talk about her experience with camming and her experience as a sugar baby. So you guys will finally get firsthand experience from somebody other than me. I hope you guys can get a lot out of it and you guys really enjoy it. Before the interview, really quickly, there is a date coming up soon. I mean this weekend. Yeah, that's right. Valentine's Day. I hope you guys have plans, whether that be plans with someone special or plans with yourself. Why? Because it's a day to celebrate love. And that love can be for another person, but more importantly, it can be for yourself. Alrighty, so here are some tips. If you're with someone, if you're celebrating with somebody, spice it the fuck up, okay? 
if you're going out, if you have that luxury currently, I know COVID times, weird times. If you're going out, I challenge you. A, get yourself a remote-controlled panty vibrator and give your partner the remote. <laughs> Let them play as much as they want while you're at dinner. Okay, not everybody is going to be into that. If you're not into that, challenge B. When you go to the restroom, send them a fucking hot-ass pic. Slip your titty out or send a bomb-ass pussy picture. Great angle. This is going to sound really weird, but a great angle is if you put your leg up on the toilet seat and then your phone underneath. And so you get that like upwards view of your pussy. You could even take like a little video of you playing with it just a tiny bit. And then send it to him right then and there. Spice things up so when you get home, you've had that tension building. Use the excuse and have the best sex of your life. That's my advice to you. If you're staying in with someone, oh my blossoms, you can try so much. But your challenge is to do something you haven't done with them before. This could be role play. This could be sensation play. Break out that fucking blindfold. Break out some ice cubes. Break out some music. Maybe, maybe you haven't watched porn together before. There are all sorts of things you can do, but if you're staying in together, try something new. Lastly, for Valentine's Day, if you're celebrating it with yourself, I expect you to get some yummy takeout or cook yourself all really bomb ass meal if you're into cooking for yourself light some damn candles draw a bath open like an expensive bottle of wine and masturbate like you never have before i mean you better be touching yourself a lot call out to your own damn name got it because i want you guys touching yourself so much that you sleep like a motherfucking baby that night all right so that is your guys homework for Valentine's Day, I expect great things from you, and hopefully I have a story for you guys about my Valentine's Day next week. Oh, I love a good sugar pussy. <laughs> so tell the sugar blossoms really quickly about like two sentence description of your podcast and then introduce yourself if you could. Just name, age, pronouns, orientation, that kind of stuff. Sure. My name is Jenny. I'm 23. I am the host of The Talk podcast. And The Talk is just all about sex. And I get into a lot of my own personal stories um, and experiences with sex and also bring other people on to talk about their experiences in hopes to make sex more fun and safe and comfortable for people. And let's see, did you ask me anything else? (laughs) Pronouns, orientation. Yes. So I am bisexual and I am she, her, hers. So then I asked everybody a question of what's your favorite sex position or sex toy or something. But your question, I figure you can handle it, is a little bit more. Okay. So imagine you're hooking up with somebody mm-hmm. and you're like riding them or whatever. Do you have a go-to dirty talk phrase or what would you what would you say? Huh. I mean, I do a lot of just like, oh, you like that, baby? You know, shit like that. 
I mean, there's been times where I'm like, when I get drunk and I get fucked up, then like <laughs> the really nasty shit starts coming out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one time I was with my ex and like we were fucked up and we were just like in our apartment at home, like fucked up. We were fucking in the bathroom and he like turned me around and I was like, yeah, daddy, fuck me from behind. And he was like, wait, what? I had never said that before. <laughs> and he was just so like thrown off. I can't remember. I said something else too that really threw him off but that's the one that really stuck in my head because he stopped like mid thrust and was like what <laughs> that's hilarious I love that though yeah it was just I think he just was confused by it because I like had never really said shit like that before <laughs> like specifically calling him daddy yeah yeah because I, I was I mean I had called someone daddy before but it wasn't like I, I did it because they asked me to or I could tell they wanted me to not necessarily I just offered it you know um, I had a really hard time becoming okay with calling anybody daddy yeah well and there's just like this stigma around it sort of where it's like oh you know I don't have daddy issues I'm not gonna call you daddy um but I also kind of enjoy it like now oh absolutely I have a full-on dynamic <laughs> like yeah. DDLG daddy Donald I have a full dynamic with my boyfriend now so I'm I'm over it but yeah. it took a while yeah no for sure and it for me it's like when I'm especially when I'm sleeping with older guys like because I do that a lot and so <laughs> like I mean it's I don't know they like it and I think it also I'm I'm a submissive like generally. Mm -hmm. And so they enjoy, you know, being in control and me just kind of like letting loose because in a lot of parts of my life outside of sex, I'm very like dominant and controlling. But then in the bedroom, I'm just the exact opposite. I just want to let go and let someone, you know, have their way with me. Yes. Well, that's, that's the big point to like submission, right? Is that it's just nice to be able to let go when that's like the only time you have the chance to. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's, it makes sex like so much better for me when I can just let someone else take the reins. You know, I mean, I'll, if there's something that I specifically want or that I like, then I'll say it. But mm -hmm. just kind of letting them take control is just so pleasurable for me. Have you switched at all before? I have. I was with a guy. Uh, we only slept together for a few months, but I was with him for a few months and he wanted to, he wanted me to be a dom and I had never done it before so I, <laughs> I like was watching like porn videos and I was like this is intense as fuck mm -hmm. and then I was like talking to him about it because I'm a I'm very much a talker I want to talk these things out before I do it and he was like okay stop watching these porn videos it's not realistic <laughs> like just just like roll with it you know embrace it and I was like okay <laughs> and so I did and I didn't love it but it was definitely an experience that I'm glad that I had because I had thought about it before and been curious about it, but I hadn't really tried it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, my first boyfriend, I mean, he was the first person I ever slept with. So I introduced like being interested in BDSM type stuff to him. And we started with me being submissive, mm -hmm. but like very quickly he wanted to switch. And the first time we did that, he loved it he mm -hmm. loved being submissive and so then it was almost like every single time he wanted to be submissive with me as a dom and I'm just like oh my god this is a lot right <laughs> <laughs> because there's just so much like pressure and for me the biggest thing is what to do in the next step and planning it out 
And so I'm okay with it if I know exactly what I'm going to do next or if I have this scene like already made in my head, like that's fine. But coming up with it and all of those steps is just like super stressful for me. Right. Well, and trying to do it like in the moment too where you don't feel like it's all rehearsed, you know, so that it is enjoyable for both of you still. It's it's a lot. Yeah, it is. Although I will say like recently, I think in the past couple of months, I've been more interested in switching and I've been experimenting with it a little bit more. So we'll see. I mean, <laughs> people change. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you and your you and your boyfriend ever switch or is he always mm. the dom? Not really. I'm not super interested in switching. Yeah. I will say like trying to take control is how I like express like the bratty side of me. Right. So I'll just like cha- – it's basically just like a challenge or a test. Mm-hmm. And so like I'll do that and see how far I can get away with it. And every now and then like in a very basic level, I'll direct him in something. But it's it's really not me taking control as much as just the possessive, submissive inside of me and just like handling the situation. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So not with him. I would have to – I would have to be Dom for somebody else. Yeah. It's so perfect. Like I found my submissive heaven with him. <laughs> I'm just so happy being content there I just don't want to leave I mean that's totally fair like if it's not broken why fix it (laughs) yeah okay so you said that you are with older men a lot Mm -hmm. (laughs) talk about why are you a sugar baby yeah so I have been sugaring for the last about year and a half or two years kind of off and on and so I use seeking arrangements and a lot of the guys on seeking arrangements are older at least for me the successful ones like there's a lot of younger guys too but I'm looking for a very specific type of experience when I am looking for a sugar daddy and that's something that a lot of younger guys just can't offer me. I'm only 23, but I have a difficult time connecting with people my age or around my age. I'm getting better at it as I've been expanding my horizons a little more, but (laughs) it's just older guys. I have an easier time kind of connecting and talking with them. So when you say older, what age range are you talking about? So I'm 23. I'm when I say older, I'm talking like late 30s, you know, early 40s, not like double my age or anything, but you know, older, significantly older than me. And I remember when I was 19, that was the first time I had slept with a guy that was over like five years older than me. He was 31, I think, and I was 19. And I always had thought it would be weird, but it totally wasn't. It was fucking great, actually. He knew his way around, and I was like, all right, let's go. (laughs) That's pretty good. I think 19, the oldest I slept with was like 26. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it was in a weird time in my life. I was still married. And so it was it was weird. There was a lot of things going on with me at the time, but it was still a good experience. And I was like glad that I did it. You know, it really helped me realize that there's a lot more that that can happen in sex to make me enjoy it. Because I think part of the reason I wanted to try sleeping with an older guy was because I just wasn't having great sex. And I was like, you know, maybe older guys, they know what they're doing a little more. <laughs> and was that the case? Yes. 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 <laughs> Very oh, much I feel so. that. I feel that. I did find that. I mean, when I talk about the oldest I slept with at 19, that would that would be outside of sugar because I did start sugaring at 19, I suppose. So right. that age jumped up pretty quick. <laughs> but 
outside of sugar, yeah, six, seven years older is what I started with. And it was honestly, it was enough at that time to teach me that I didn't know anything. Right. (laughs) Because at that point I had been with my first boyfriend and maybe like two other people and, and those were not great experiences. And then I slept with somebody a little bit older and I was like, okay, maybe, right. this, maybe this is fun. Oh my God. I totally feel that. I, I was started having sex when I was 12 and I didn't have an orgasm with a guy until I was 20. And that's eight years of having, like, I wasn't, it's not like I lost my virginity and never had sex again. Like I was having a lot of sex for eight years and never had an orgasm with a guy. And then when I finally did, I was like, wow, this is what everyone's talking about. Like, this is fucking great. (laughs) So you say with a guy, did you masturbate? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had started masturbating when I was younger, like probably nine, nine or 10. That's earlier than me. Yeah. (laughs) Congrats. Thank you. Yeah. Honestly, I don't even think I really knew what I was was doing at that age I just knew it felt good (laughs) no I started it was so weird I started feeling just like weird things okay so I had these friends who moved to Spain and we would talk on Skype all the time and on Skype there were these little short videos that you could send not exactly gifts because they were longer they were actually like videos but they were reaction videos. But every now and then, like, I think one time I ran into one that was some girl's skirt, like catching a draft and mm-hmm. some guy saw it. And it was, and I was like, oh, I felt something. And right. I had no idea what it was. But I started like watching that video a lot. And then when I finally discovered like nudity, I was watching like lesbian porn. And I started when I, that started when I was like, 10 or 11. I didn't actually know what I was doing though. Like, I don't know when the first time I actually orgasmed was. I just like, I compared it in my head back then to tickling, but in a good way. Right. Well, so I, I started getting homeschooled when I was probably eight. What? You were homeschooled? I was. Well, for a little bit. Were you homeschooled? I was homeschooled the entire time. Oh my god. Until college. <laughs> that is so crazy. Yeah, so I was only I was only homeschooled for like a few years cuz my parents got sick of it. But <laughs> my parents um, just left me alone and I cheated my way through. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I was doing like online, you know, virtual learning which now is normal, but at the time, you know, I didn't know anyone else doing it. But my parents also didn't know the wide horizons of the internet and <laughs> <laughs> so I discovered Omegle and I would go on Omegle and talk to these strangers online when I was probably 10 years old. And I mean, looking back on it now, very disgusting, very perverted. But at the time <laughs> I was fucking 10. These people had no idea who I was. They didn't know how old I was, you know, but I remember yeah. like talking to this one random person and we like somehow it was a conversation that just got straight into sex but I didn't even know what I was talking about. Like, I think he was just more talking to me and like directing me as to what I should be doing to myself. And I did. And that's the first time I had an orgasm. And I was like, hmm. I again, had no idea what I was doing, but I knew it felt fucking great. But then I could only get myself to have an orgasm when I was masturbating. When I was with a guy, it was, 
I mean, it felt good, but it was never that exhilarating, oh, I'm about to come feeling, you know? Yeah, no, I had this exact same experience. I, I actually started having sex when I was 17, but I didn't orgasm until I was at least 19. I mean, with a person. But even then, it was really difficult. And I've only gotten good at orgasming with a partner probably in the last year and a half, maybe, mm-hmm. year. It took a long time for me to figure it out because also because I started masturbating young at like 11, I developed terrible habits. I would cross my legs and make them straight and flex my legs every time I touched myself, like every single time. And so I learned to orgasm with my legs straight in front of me, sometimes crossed and just like (laughs) entirely flexed. And you can't do that when you're having sex. And it's not a very like flattering position for somebody to watch you in. And so I was never going to do that in front of somebody. Right. So I finally figured it out and I had to like retrain myself on my own how to orgasm without my legs together. Right. (laughs) It's the weirdest thing. No, it's not weird at all. Honestly, like I I don't know if I had any like specific positions, but it was just – I knew exactly how to make myself come like, you know, with Mm -hmm. my hands or with a vibrator, whatever. But when I was with someone, I would just feel so like, like exposed, I think, and like vulnerable. And I just didn't know, like how to let go even with my ex who I was with for fuck like six years, I had a very difficult time just really letting go. And then there was also he wanted to make me come. And so and I knew that he couldn't because I wasn't able to let go enough. So he'd be like, Oh, did you come? And I'd be like, Yeah. But but really, you know, I'm like, No, definitely not. So then when I finally realized I was like, Jenny, you need to just be honest, you need to just fucking tell him so that you can figure it out together. And you can have a fucking orgasm with him. And so it took me probably a month of just really telling myself you got to do it and so I like sat down with him one day and I was like look I don't think I've had a real orgasm with you ever and he was like wait what do you mean and I was like yeah so I got a dildo and I <laughs> and I had an orgasm with the dildo and it's not the same as what I feel with you so we should probably figure it out and he I mean he was like like really confused. He was like, why didn't you just tell me? And I, I felt bad. So I was like, oh, I didn't really know. You know, I, I did. But I just he felt bad enough at that point that we had been together for years and I had not had an orgasm. I was just I let him have it, you know. Sadly, but- though, that is the case for so many people. I mean, so many like women just think it's fine to just fake it and not worry about themselves during sex. It's crazy. I'm always talking to people and they're just like, ah, I just fake it. And I'm like, but you can change that and enjoy it so much more if you do. Right. Well, and it's like, not only are you going to enjoy yourself more, you're going to make sex for your partner a lot better too, because, you know, it's not only is it physical, you feel, feel it when you're going to have an orgasm, but it's also just like, your body's response, you know, you get mm-hmm. super wet and it makes it better for your partner too. I feel like if people are just more honest and stop trying to cater to not wanting to hurt someone's feelings, like it's not going to hurt their feelings. You know, they're going to be like, hey, what can I do to help? At least in my experience, for the most part. Openly communicating about it has helped so much and telling people that like, I'm perfectly fine with not orgasming every single time. Like if there's a time that it's 
not going to happen for me or if it's too hard or if I'm just enjoying like the process more, it's not going to bother me to not come. And if I really want to, I'll tell you and I'll make it happen. Explaining it early on in the relationship that like it's going to be different every time and there's going to be times when I can't come, but that's okay. And it's not doesn't mean I'm not enjoying sex. It helps so much in the sense that they don't push for it and pressure me into it if it's and get in my head even more. Because if I'm trying too hard or if I'm worried that they're not going to be happy until I come, like that's just – that ruins it for me. I'm not going to be able to come then. Like having that conversation early on being like, hey, sometimes I can't and it's okay if I can't. Like it doesn't bother me. I'm still having fun. I'm still enjoying it. Mm-hmm. If I can and I want to, you'll know. Like I'll tell, I'll right. tell you. Exactly. So much. I just saw a post on Instagram that said exactly that. And I had just been having this conversation with one of the guys that I'm sleeping with. And so I like screenshotted it and sent it to him. I was like, see, it's not just me because yeah, I don't come every time and that's okay because I really just enjoy fucking. It's not always about having an orgasm. And just like when a guy, you know, if a guy can't come or he can't get it up or whatever, I don't take it personally. You know, I'm like, it's just your body. Like there's, we sometimes we can't control what happens. I don't feel that bad <laughs> if if the guy doesn't come. Like it's just not because I don't come every time. So I'm just yeah. like, eh, okay, I still enjoyed myself. If you right. had a good time, it doesn't matter. You can go jack off later. Like it's not a big deal. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yeah. No, that's exactly how I feel. Like I'm not offended. They're always like, oh, it's not you. And I'm like, baby, I know it's not me. Like you don't need to tell me that. I know it doesn't have to be this big deal. You know, if it's, if it's like something that's occurring all the time, then, you know, it may, it might be a problem. But in that case, I feel like there's, you know, things that can be done to help. Yeah, if it's something that's happening a lot, there are plenty of professionals you can see and you can start to work with. But if it happens once in a while, it doesn't need to be something that's like the end of the (laughs) world. And honestly, I've gotten some really weird looks from guys before when I'm like, and if a guy doesn't come, I don't feel bad. They look at me with this look of incredulity. Like, Mm -hmm. how could you how could you be okay with that? Isn't that the whole point of sex? I'm like, bitch, no, it's not. Right. It's like, oh my God. what do you think? What do you think I've been doing? Like, <laughs> like the whole the whole male orgasm as the point to sex is just it just pisses me off. And right. I have not I have not conformed to that for a long time now. Yeah, no, it's you know, I I'm a pleaser. Like I get off on mm-hmm. like sucking dick and you know, seeing that I'm pleasing a guy. But at the end of the day, if I can't make him come, I can't make him come. And that's fine. I'll do it next time. You know, like I'm I'm not going to like lose sleep over it. I'm really not that concerned because, again, it's not always about the orgasm. It's not about the orgasm for us all the time. And it's not about the orgasm for them all the time. And, you know, if I'm okay with it, they should be okay with it. Exactly. And I finally convinced myself that and (laughs) everything has been so much better. (laughs) Because if you're sitting there and you're thinking about all this shit while you're trying to get fucked, like you're not you're not going to want to have sex anymore because then it's like there's so much pressure on you. Yeah. So you have been sugaring for a while now. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you comfortable talking about like the specifics? Yeah, for sure. How many like long-term sugar dating relationships have you had? So I've had three longer term. I wouldn't call them long-term just because I've only been doing it, you know, a year and a half or so. And so 
I don't think anything at this point is that long term, but I, there's at least two guys that I still see regularly that I've known over a year now. So, you know, I consider them like my regulars and, you know, they're also my friends outside of just sugaring. Mm -hmm. Um, they're both really, really great guys and, you know, give me a lot of advice and help me out whenever I need it. So. Yeah, that's awesome. So how often do you see them? Or even if you go back to when it was more of a regular thing, like how often would you meet? So it would normally be maybe once or twice a week. It really just depends on my schedule and their schedule because I do have a full-time job and I am in school. So it's like my schedule isn't always the best for them. And then, you know, they travel for work a lot. And so it's kind of just whenever they're in town. But before when we first started seeing each other, I would say it was probably once or twice a week. Oh, that sounds about right. Are you comfortable saying like how much the allowance was? Yeah, for sure. I'm going to start out by telling you about the first sugar daddy that I met on CD Arrangements that was ended up being a sort of regular for about eight months, but is no longer a regular. I had been on the site for a while and this guy just kind of messaged me. I, you know, obviously guys are always messaging girls, but he messaged me and was like, hey, do you want to just come hang out for a couple hours? And so he lived, he sent me his address and he lived not far from my work because I had to work that day. And I was like, I mean, yeah, I can like come hang out for a couple hours. So he's like, okay, how much do you want to just come hang out? And I was like, I mean, to just come hang out, like I'm not going to ask you for money for that. And so I go and hang out and he's like, do you want to suck my dick? I'll give you a hundred dollars. And I mean, he was, he was a cool guy. Like we were, we were really vibing. We were having a good time and I was like kind of trying to fuck him anyway. So, you know, him <laughs> offering a hundred dollars was not a big deal, but I was like, oh, sure. Like, whatever. I mean, it was a little more abrupt getting into it than like I was trying to go for, but I was like, whatever. And so that became kind of my allowance was a hundred dollars every time I saw him. And we didn't even fuck every time we saw each other. He was like helping me out in other ways, like business and, you know, stuff like that. And so it wasn't about fucking every time or getting money every time, but he did give me a hundred dollars every time that became like, my norm you know I was like whatever a hundred dollars is hundred dollars and I'm very picky about the guys that I meet I really envy girls that can just go and fake being interested in a guy because I can't if I'm I'm very bad at my facial mm -hmm. expressions and so if a guy is not like cute or I'm not attracted or I'm not interested it's you can see it on my fucking face like no I feel that but it's less for me physical attraction and it's more for me if I feel connected to them on like an intelligence level <laughs> So if I can have a conversation with them, if it's flowing well, and if we are agreeing on stuff, I'm good. Like, I don't have to be physically attracted, but I do have to feel some sort of connection. Otherwise, I'm out, like, right. really fast. Yeah, no, exactly. And then there, I mean, I've met a couple of sugar babies that they're like, I mean, honestly, whoever wants to come hang out, that's cool. And I'm like, I have a difficult time, again, hiding my expressions. So if I'm, <laughs> yeah. if someone is not interesting to me, or I'm not attracted to them, it has to be one or the other, they have to either be cute or nice. <laughs> yeah, one or the other, and or both, but that doesn't happen that often. So <laughs> it has, though, it has happened it, yeah, on yeah. seeking arrangements for mm -hmm. me too. 
Yeah, it's crazy. It happens every now and then. One of my regulars is one of those. Um, it's great. Oh, that's the best situation too. Because when it happened for me, they live like on the other side of the country. Oh, and I would never get to see them. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the hundred dollars became my norm, and then I don't remember what I was reading. I think I was on Reddit or something like that. There's like the sugar bowl lifestyle uh, subreddit, and so I was on there, and I found one specific to Chicago where people were talking about regular going rate in Chicago and. And it was three fifty, and I was like, "Wait, I'm only getting a hundred dollars." And so, I kind of went back to my sugar daddy and had the uncomfortable conversation of where I was like, "Hey, so I really like you. I enjoy hanging out with you. I know it's not just about money, but I need I need more." And this was right after I had split from my ex husband too. So I was living with roommates like working my ass off, making minimum wage and barely making ends meet. And so, I mean, that's the reason I had been on seeking arrangements in the first place was because I did definitely need some financial help. I mean, having these fun experiences was great, but I also did need help financially. And so Mm -hmm. I, you know, had to have that conversation with him and he wasn't super receptive to it. And yeah. And so, you know, we, we kind of came to an agreement where he was helping me and other like trying to help me get a job and stuff like a better job. And, you know, that was cool. But again, I was still on seeking arrangements for a reason. And, you know, he and I were not on like talking terms, but we're not in we're not like bad, you know, we can, right. he can still hit me up and say, Hey, and, or I could hit him up and say, Hey, but he's also married with kids. And, you know, it wasn't something that was probably super sustainable anyway, because him and his wife were going through some, some shit. And I didn't really want to be like in the middle of anything. Now I have two of my regulars that I've, you know, known for about a year. They each will give me five to $800 every time I see them. Okay. And It was crazy because it wasn't something I had necessarily asked for. Like one of them asked me what, you know, what I wanted financially. And I said, oh, I mean, a few hundred dollars would be ideal, you know, because I was trying to be like cute and fun. And so he's like, okay. And so then he, yeah, he gives me about four, four or 500 every time I see him. And the other one is he's fucking great he gives me like five to eight hundred and that was without me even asking like the first time we met he stopped by my apartment for like 10 minutes and put 500 dollars in my pocket and i was like Mm. oh what the (laughs) fuck he said merry christmas and i was like yeah thank you (laughs) so yeah that's kind of what my my average is now about five to eight hundred yeah that seems about right Oh my God, I went through a lot of sugar daddies actually to establish my baseline. I would say a consistent amount is five to 600. Yeah. I don't think I've consistently gotten more than 600 from any any sugar daddy ever, but five is pretty much my baseline now. I don't think I would consistently see somebody if they're gonna go under 500. And that's just because I've had, I've had enough at this point to know that it's out there and to know that it's reasonable. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like, that's the thing is you get to, to choose whatever price you want, you know, whatever mm-hmm. makes it worth it to you, you know, besides just going out and meeting nice people. But like, if you wanted to do that, you would just go on Tinder or something, you exactly. know, but there's, again, I tell this to guys that I meet on seeking arrangements all the time that try to act like, I don't know why you're asking me for money. I'm like, look, you're on seeking <laughs> arrangements for a reason. Everyone knows what the purpose of this site is. 
you know, yeah. you, you don't stumble upon this. You know what the purpose of this site is. So don't like play dumb with me because we're both here for a reason. <laughs> I got to the point where in my bio on Seeking Arrangements, I literally say, if you're looking for somebody for 200 a night just to have sex with you, like that's not me. Mm-hmm. I am not interested. And I explain like, this is super common on here. That's not who I am. I'm in, I'm interested in investing in an actual relationship here. And I had gotten so frustrated with the amount of people on there who that's literally what they want. They offer like 200 bucks and they're just like for a single night. And I'm like, okay, I can come over for an hour and fuck you for 200 bucks and never see you again. And it's not going to be fun. I'm not going to enjoy it. It's going to be sketchy as hell. Mm -hmm. And that's 200 bucks. I also have to drive there. I have to get ready to go there. It's not worth my time. I'm sorry. Exactly. Exactly. It's a whole, it's a whole thing, you know, it could, because again, yeah, you can't just show up, no makeup, sweatpants, hair and a bun, you know, I wish I, right. I'm like, if that's like, if I was, I've, I've met a few escorts um, recently too, like through my friends and, you know, they're like, I can show up looking however the fuck I want. And I was like, that's fucking great. Like, I wish I could, I can't do that though. If I'm going to meet a potential sugar daddy, it's because it's a guy that I'm hoping is going to be long-term. And so I want to put on the best version of myself when I go and meet them. And that's just, that's not the case. If you're going to give me $200 and I'm going to go and have sex with you for 20 minutes and then leave. (laughs) Yeah. Which, I mean, I have to be honest. I've, I've said yes to those situations in the past, Mm -hmm. but they've, they've never felt great to me and I've never enjoyed them the way that I enjoy sugar dating. Like I actually get a lot out of the relationship side with sugar dating that I would never get out of if I just go to fuck for 20 minutes and then leave. Right. And that's what I was talking about with somebody recently is they were saying, aren't you just, aren't you pretty much just an escort? You just have a website. And I was like, (laughs) no, because it's not for me. And I think for a lot of sugar babies, it's not just about sex. It's about, you know, mentorship. It's about, you know, getting guidance and networking and you know learning from these successful men who have clearly done something right in their in their business and so why would I not try to take advantage of that and learn as much as I can from them I have been so inspired and just like I've learned so fucking much from being on seeking arrangements it's in it's it gets crazy it has made me like I'm always thinking about all these like business ideas and stuff (laughs) now because I've talked so much about them with people and I've been taken through like the process so much and what they've done and it's just so exciting to me I love entrepreneurship and stuff so much now it's uh yeah it's a whole side of me that I never would have had (laughs) without seeking arrangements exactly and that's the thing is that it's so much more than just I'm gonna go meet this guy and you know so I I'm trying to go into medicine and I've met a lot of doctors on seeking arrangements and yeah you know they I've gotten to shadow like I've had shadowing opportunities through sugar daddies you know just things that I mean it it took some time for me to build up their trust for them to bring me into their workplace but you know it's it's so much more and it's all about the way that you present yourself and I've heard that from a lot of guys on the site too is they're like I chose seeking arrangements because 
the quality they say this say it this way I don't agree with the way they say it but they're like the quality of woman is better and (laughs) I to break that down into not so you know sexist terms is that women on seeking arrangements a lot of the time are not just looking to hook up they're looking for Mm -hmm. more and it's a smart thing to do if you can do it if you can Mm -hmm. handle you know combining money and sex and business all in one and you can handle that, then I think it's smart. Oh, it's so smart. And honestly, like I'm so glad that I started doing it. I started it as a joke, actually. Very quickly, mm-hmm. I was like, this is actually really cool and I'm going to do it. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of the reservations that people have is that they have these ideas and they had these social constructs that, mm-hmm. you know, getting paid or receiving any sort of compensation for sex is bad. But that's the thing is that every fucking relationship, whether you meet this person on seeking, you meet them on Tinder, you meet them in real life, every relationship that you have is going to have some sort of give and take. And it's all an exchange. Yes. It's it's an exchange of something. This one is just like the terms are defined very early on and they're very specific. That's the only difference. So how did you get into it? Like, how did you decide you were going to start being a sugar baby and get on seeking arrangements? Sure. So I had an interesting night one night where essentially guys ended up paying me for sex. I didn't know that that's what they were doing, but (laughs) it was a crazy night and it ended with them putting $700 in my pocket. And I found it a few days later and I was talking to one of my friends about it. Actually, I was on a Tinder date with this guy and it was our first time meeting. And I don't know why I was telling him this story, but I'm telling him this story from a couple nights before how I had the $700. And he was like, you should go on seeking arrangements. And I was like, wait, what's that? And he was like, you know, or you can like find a sugar daddy. And I thought, honestly, I thought he was joking. I was like, sugar daddies like that's not a real thing I thought like I had no fucking idea he was like no really when like this girl that rents rents out my house she has a sugar daddy that's how she pays her rent (laughs) I was like (laughs) what the fuck and so I checked it out a few days later and I was like interesting and so I'm I'm a student and so using my like dot edu gets you a free premium membership or whatever and so I just sort of started looking on there just for fun, really. Mm -hmm. And I set up my profile and all like pretty quickly, obviously, I'm getting a ton of messages. And I was kind of overwhelmed by all of the messages at first, because I had no idea how to like filter out who was real, who wasn't real, who was sketchy, who wasn't. But I probably sat on the site for three months before I actually met anybody because I was really like nervous about it. But yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. Was sugar dating initiation into stuff like this? Um, Like sex work? No. Yeah. I So okay. I had cammed for about a year and a half from the time I was about 18 to almost 20, I was camming. And so when I was camming, I I had a lot of fun with it. Honestly, I really enjoyed it. It was great for my self-esteem. And it was not great so much for my marriage, but it was <laughs> but it was really good for my self-esteem. Um, and I had a lot of fun with it. I had also dealt with a lot of like asshole guys on the internet, you know, but I made good money doing it. I enjoyed it. And that's kind of, I think, where I got my idea to be a boss, you know, and be able to mm-hmm. run my own shit and do things on my own. Because that was kind of the first thing I had done on my own where, I, you know, being being a cam girl, you have to run your own site. It's not easy. It takes a lot of work. And that was kind of my first introduction into handling my own business, sort of. So why did you decide to start doing that? So... <laughs> 
I was actually sitting at home one day and I was watching, do you know what Shameless is, the TV show? Yes. So I was I was at home watching Shameless and I think it was one of the first couple seasons. One of the characters is like camming and my my husband came home from work and he's like, what are you doing? I was like, no, I'm just, I'm watching this TV show and like, I'm telling you about it. I was like, did you know that people do this? He was like, yeah, what the fuck do you mean? Of course I knew that. And I was like, oh, <laughs> really? And I was like, do people like really do this? He was like, yeah, come here. And he like pulls out his phone. He like pulls up my <laughs> cams. He's like, yeah, see? And he's showing me and I was like, I bet I could do this. And he was like, yeah, you totally could. Why don't you? And I was like, huh, that's a good point. Why am I not? And so... <laughs> I like set up my profile. It took me, I was on winter break at the time. Like I was in college, but I was on winter break. So I had like a month off of school. So I just had all this time sitting at home. And so it was a perfect time to start. And I set up my profile and I wasn't making a ton of money right away. But it was, I started figuring out how to kind of manipulate the site to make the most money. And so that was for me, it was doing private shows is where I would make the most money. And so I started doing that. And I just, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I had people that knew what time I would come on. And so they would get on at the same time. And, you know, they come talk to me, I built like genuine relationships with people, or, you know, as genuine as you can be as a sex worker on the internet. But you know, they would like talk to me about their lives and talk to me about what's going on with their kids. And I, you know, it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. I really have never seriously considered camming just because it looks like a lot of work for very little reward. Mm-hmm. But I could be entirely wrong. Did you did you spend money up front on any type of equipment or did you just use like a laptop? So I did end up buying a webcam. I think I got it for like $30 on Amazon or something. And I so I had that and then I used like my iPad I connected my iPad to my MacBook so that I could control like my MacBook from from my iPad so I could have my webcam set up it was like a whole production (laughs) to get everything in the right spot but I didn't have to spend a bunch of money up front no well that's good because I've always felt like well the lighting has to be right the internet connection has to be right I have to like have all of these different things to be able to keep up with everybody. So why would I want to do all that? Right. (laughs) That's really interesting though. So it was just kind of like a spur of the moment. Like this looks interesting. I bet I could do it kind of decision, huh? Yeah, it 100% was. And I mean, it was as easy as that, just deciding I was going to do it and doing it. Were you consistent with camming? Like did you have – so did you mean that you have specific times that you would go on? Or would you announce it to people like via Twitter or something? Yeah. So I, when I set up my profile, I just put it in my bio, the times that I would be on. And I was pretty consistent. And that's, I think, what people really liked. That's what makes them keep coming back is if they know you're going to be on at a certain time, then, you know, they'll, they'll come back. I also was, I was working part-time, but I was in school. And so I had my hours at work and I would cam either before work or after work, but I tried not to cam a lot when my, when my ex was home, because, you know, obviously we wanted to spend time together and he was totally down for me to start camming. But once I was actually doing it, he wasn't as excited about it. And so I kind of tried to just keep it to when he was not home. We did do a couple of partner videos, you know, where we were together and like, you know, videos of him fucking me and stuff. But I think he he was kind of camera shy. And so he didn't really like it as much as he thought he would because he initially was like, oh yeah, let's do this. We could totally make money together. But again, I think he just 
didn't really enjoy having people watch him. And so at that part of it ended up not working out. Did you have any reservations about showing your face or anything? Oh, 100%. (laughs) I was like, I have a lot of tattoos and I was like, oh my God, if anyone, like it would be so easy to find me. And there was one issue that I had. So I was, I was younger. And so I wasn't super concerned about people in my professional life finding it and, you know, knowing it was me. I was more concerned about, you know, people on that were watching me finding out who I really was and stalking me or something. And so I did have one creepy incident where this guy, he, I mean, I didn't talk to him regularly, but he was regularly watching me and he would just be kind of one of those people that would pop into the chat, but not really say anything. Then one time he sent me a private message and he sent me a photo of, it wasn't where I worked, but it was in the same city is where I was working. I can't even remember what he said in the text part of the message. I just remember seeing the picture and being really freaked out. And so then I like shut down my whole profile for like six months because I was, again, just like super freaked out that this person was going to find me and kill me. Mm-hmm. And Yeah. So that was kind of the only concern I had with showing my face, which I think obviously was a valid concern because someone did find me. Yeah. No, that's, that's really freaky. I would not be comfy with that. Did you, did you take any like precautions about like where you said you were or like? Yeah. So I did, I said I lived in um, like a state that was in the same time zone, but a different state. I had an Amazon like wish list set up or I can't remember if it was through Amazon that I had set it up. It was through something that I had read about that it was like, oh, it's super safe, very secure. You can't find out where the person lives. Had a couple guys that would buy my underwear from me. And so I would send it, but I would send it through whatever service I was using. So I think there was like a glitch in that or I wasn't, I didn't set it up correctly or something. And that's how he ended up finding out what city I was in. But wow. yeah, it was it was just super creepy because also if I didn't invite you to come say hi to me in my you know at work, then don't do that. No. You know, no, that's terrifying. Yeah, yeah, that's always been that was always a reservation for me. I think that at this point in my life, I wouldn't mind so much, but for a long time, I would never cam or do anything like that because I just didn't want to show my face or show any of my tattoos or anything that could reveal who I was. Right. Yeah, I think it's more of a concern to me now with like having my podcast and talking so openly about everything that I'm doing because I'm trying to go into the medical field it could end up looking bad on me but I hope that you know me being so open about sex it's one of the reasons I want to go into medicine is to help women be more comfortable with their bodies so I'm hoping that it will not harm me in the future yeah I think it's only going to get better at this point more people are becoming open to that kind of stuff and honestly because of the internet and because of how easy it is to share things, the professional world is just kind of finding that they can't be too worried about that kind of stuff because everybody does it anymore. Right. And I think, yeah, like you said, it's just becoming more okay and acceptable to talk about it, which, you know, again, is important. Oh God. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's about fucking time, Seriously. in my opinion. Yeah, that's really awesome. Would you ever do something like OnlyFans? So I've considered it, but I think because I just don't have time right now and Mm -hmm. I, you know, I do know how much work it is like with camming and I imagine that OnlyFans is 
fairly similar. I've actually had a few people on my podcast. I I released one episode uh, where I interviewed someone that has OnlyFans. And I mean, the amount of work that she puts in for the amount of reward that she gets is not like you were saying before, it's just not worth it. And for me, it's like, I don't have the time and I know how much work it is. So I just don't think I would right now. That's been my point for so long. I don't know how many people have come to me and told me that I should start an OnlyFans. And I'm like, you do realize that content creation is like a full-time job, right? Yeah, no, it re- there's so much that goes into it. It's not just like, oh, I'll take a quick picture, a quick video. Of, no. you know, it's like there's so much that goes into it. And also just maintaining your platform and keeping people interested and engaged. It's just a lot. Yep, talking to your fans, making sure that they feel special enough to continue to spend money on you and all of that kind of stuff. It's a lot. Yeah, I totally feel that. And it's also like as okay as I am talking about sex and as comfortable as I am with my body, there's always a risk, even when I just send nudes to someone that I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to go post this or some, you know, this is going to end up, my parents are going to end up seeing my ass, you know? Oh my God. I was just on Twitter and I saw a thread. Somebody had tweeted, delete her photos after you break up, please. And I like looked at the thread and there were so many people like talking about either on the side of no they're yours to keep or like oh my gosh I can't believe what people are saying about in this thread I'm never gonna send nudes again right and then there were those preachy dudes who were like yeah this is why you don't send nudes at all and it's such it's just such a clusterfuck honestly I don't know very many women who have never sent a nude right? right almost everybody's nudes are out there I'm of the opinion that like okay as soon as I send a nude I have to be okay with everybody seeing it mm-hmm. and I've accepted that and yeah Yeah, it would be awkward and not fun if my family saw some sort of we're going to reveal her to the world and try to embarrass her. But if that happened, I've already decided like I would just own it. Like, yeah, don't I look hot in that motherfucker? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that actually happened to this girl when I was in high school. She was like, I mean, she was hot as fuck. And like, like, luckily her nude that got leaked, she was fucking beautiful. So like, I remember when it came out, she didn't go to school for like an entire week because I think she, uh, you know, obviously she was embarrassed. And the principal found out the guy that sent it out ended up getting like suspended. It was a whole thing. But you know, she when she came back, she was fucking good as new and she was confident and she was like, Yep, that was me. And I honestly felt like she dealt with it in a really grown up, responsible way because at that point, there was nothing she could do about it. And I was like, Girl, you look hot. So it's fine. You don't even have to worry about it. <laughs> yep. That's that's all you can do, honestly. I don't ever expect anybody to delete them at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. I know too many guys who are very, very, very free. <laughs> with nudes they've received yep. in like a disturbing manner. But like it's just so common and most of them have like a collection, just uh-huh. a fucking collection on their phone of all of these girls' nudes. And I'm just like, yep, I'm going to assume that anybody I ever send nudes to has the same deal. And so I have to be okay with that before mm-hmm. I send my nudes. Like, Yeah, well, and it's funny that you say that because someone recently was just like he was talking to me about – something some sort of kink I can't remember exactly what it was but he was talking to me about something and he like sent me a video of him fucking this other girl and I was like do you have her permission to be sending me that and he was oh like my God. and I mean because you know that if you do that's cool but also like you probably shouldn't be sending that to other people you know mm-hmm. and so I had to like have a conversation with him and be like look I appreciate that you trust me 
but that's not yours to be sending out. You know, that's yours for you to enjoy, not necessarily for you to be sending to other people. Yes, exactly. Well, no, I just, I had the exact same thing happen to me this week. Actually, it's funny, but somebody was having sex with this girl or whatever. And he's like, you want to see more? And I'm like, sure if it's consensual, but I doubt it's consensual. Like, I know you too well. <laughs> oh, my God. People just don't think about it. No, they it's don't. It's really sad. Yeah. And that's that's the thing is like when there is revenge porn and shit like that, it's fucked up. But also the way that people go and shame a girl for sending the photos in the first place, like you're saying, the guy's preaching, oh, well, why, why don't you – this is why you don't send nudes – you know, that's, that's not okay either. Because like you said, everyone has sent a nude. It's not a big deal. We all have bodies. And you know, if I want to display my body in a sexual way, I fucking will. It upsets me how much it's still a big deal, because it really shouldn't be at this point. No, it really shouldn't. And like, I continually am trying to make it more acceptable to just like, be okay with your body. And I mean, even when I have friends over, I'll walk around with no pants on and they're like, they, they just accept it because they know me and they like, don't think it's weird. But I'm like, I'm Dude, sure I hate people. pants. Right. Yes. And I'm like, I, if I'm at home, I don't want to wear them. They're so uncomfortable. I feel that deep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, pants are terrible. Seriously. And Jesus. no pockets. Like women never have any fucking pockets. Uh, I know. I'm always sticking stuff in my waistband. That's so yeah. high. Right. And it's uncomfortable. <laughs> All right. I think we should probably wrap this up. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on. I had a lot of fun talking to you about this stuff. Yeah, of course. I've been looking forward to it. So do you want to give everybody a little shout out, remind them the name of your podcast and then any social medias you want them to go follow? Yeah, sure. So you can find my podcast, The Talk on Instagram at the the underscore talk podcast. I'm also on Facebook, facebook.com slash the talk podcast. Or I have a website that's the-talk-podcast.com. And you can find the links to all of my social medias there and also where all of my podcasts are listed. Awesome. Thank you so much. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. I had such a fun time recording it and asking all those questions. And honestly, she is one of my favorite people in the world. We think so much alike. Obviously, we both started these awesome podcasts. Go check hers out, you guys. In the past, she has interviewed, like she said, somebody who does OnlyFans. She's interviewed a sugar baby. And she interviewed me. And that episode is going to come out next Tuesday. So go check out her podcast, her previous episodes. And don't forget to catch the one she did with me. We talk about sugar dating. We talk about open relationships. We talk about all sorts of fun stuff. (laughs) You don't want to miss it. As always, you guys, you can give me feedback. I've got a survey you can respond to anonymously. You can ask me questions. You can give me topics you want to hear about. Most importantly, you can comment on the show and what you think about it. Give me comments, give me criticism, whatever it is, and we can make it better together. Don't forget to follow me on social media. Don't forget to follow the podcast on whatever listening source you find it on, Spotify, Apple, or Google. And I will catch you guys next week with more sugar dating tips.
Oh, I love a good sugar pussy. <laughs>